Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a new episode of the Party Door Party Door podcast, where we talk everything Aliti. So, Aliti are going to be facing in Milan, the round of 16 of the Champions League. And joining me to talk about that is Abel Mezoros, a football expert and consultant, and he also did some time covering the Italian Serie A TV. So, Abel, how are you doing? Yeah, doing well. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on. And uh, yeah, excited to talk to you on the air. I know we, we talk a bit off, off the air about Atleti and then, yeah, I'm happy to uh, contribute to talk to you about Inter. Well, Abe, it's a pleasure having you on the show. And as if Milan fan, and I'm, as a Milan fan, I obviously had to invite you because basically it means you're on my side as I need to be facing there on Tuesday. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Milan fan is like probably a little strong. I mean, I'm I'm somewhat like yeah. Definitely. If I have to pick between these these two, I think everybody kind of knows. But yeah, I've, uh, I'm actually like in terms of aesthetics. Um. And and which team I I enjoy watching like Inter's, um, especially under Inzaghi. Like, has been I would say overall last four or five years the most fun team to watch in Italy because. They still have like many of the what people kind of con- consider like traditional Italian uh, skills that I think everybody's sort of seen uh, in like getting Champions League final. But then also like they can play incredibly like intricate modern um, possession and you know positional play, and then also like some more associative um, football. And um, it's really really fun to watch, and and I think. This season, this season might be like sort of their strongest in terms of squad and how they're playing. Yeah, usually in terms of their strongest because they are basically the best team in Syria in terms of goal scored, in terms of goal considered. Then since the league resumed, they have not really lost the game, which is actually very good on their side. And given the, um, the magnitude of the games they've played within that time, they've beaten the likes of Roma, they've beaten Juve, they won against Lazio in the Coppa d'Italia, sorry, in the Super Coppa d'Italia final. So, they are really on a good, having a good run of form and playing against an athletic side who since the turn of the year have been struggling with fitness. Really, really, I would say it's a bad match. Yeah, yeah I would say like um, it's probably one of the worst matchups uh, Atletico can get. And if you also like, it's hard to discount like that they won every game since January. And and you mentioned the athletic form, but also like the even just the numbers of this team is actually putting up better offensive numbers in terms of like 2.5 goals nearly um and like they, they have the highest points total per per match in the big five leagues um the non-penalty xg is almost at it's at 1.99 so like the year they they won the league it was like 1.9 and and they're putting up like uh incredible stuff on through balls and cutbacks like all, all of these are are, are like doubling or, or close to like you know, sixty percent over the the league uh, league average, and they're doing it in a way where like Jan Zomer has fifteen clean sheets in the league, and so it's not like they're it's not like they're like giving up anything defensively. So um, I think that's probably like the only kind of thing that Atleti can make is that well, like maybe the league in Serie A is like, not as strong as it was, I would say, like a couple of years ago, um, and they might not have. Much of a competition now with 
basically having but but at some of it is like because they've defeated the competition right like as you mentioned um Juventus recently I mean Milan they crushed uh, early in the season and um so like right now it's just basically they're they're in a little bit of a league of their own um so like obviously 10 10 point lead but <laughs> so uh, and and it doesn't seem like anyone that's going to get near them pretty much um anytime soon so uh i think probably like the title is wrapped up although like they have blown uh leads that were a little bit smaller like a couple of years ago to milan but um i think yeah they're pretty much untouchable and maybe not so much in the champions league but we can talk about that yeah like you said in the league they have been on super form and they have basically lost just they have lost just a single game which was at home, and that's kind of good news for Aleti because Inter has lost two games, the Inter season, and both of them have been at home, so Aleti kind of hope for Aleti, but then on, on the part of Aleti, if you look at their reform, it's really, really poor, because they have lost six games, and all of those six games have come away from home in the league, but in the Champions League, it's been a different story, because away at Lazio was basically one of Aleti's best away performance this season in terms of containing the opponent, and then trying to create on the counter, and then you have the game at Celtic, which was also good, but Aleti's vulnerabilities were basically put on display. Then the game against Feyenoord, which basically clinched qualification for Aleti in, in the Netherlands, was also another good away performance. So it's kind of like con- contrasting performances for both sides because Aleti has been decent this champion season. They are the highest goal scorer. They were the second highest goal scorers in, for, in the group stages behind um, City, I think. Then Inter, basically, they have been like kind of you say what you expect from them given the squad they have and how they have been performing in the Serie that have not really performed like up to what you expect from them in the Champions League given the group they had and Riazuda that kind of topping the group not saying Riazuda is an easy team but that's a group you would have visited Inter to top with um, Salzburg, Benfica and then Real Sociedad but well they made it through and then now they have to face uh, Aleti so um, um, what are some of the things that have like kind of made uh, Inter to be how where they are at this point in the season because it's true they always say the season basically starts from february and now we are in february and in there like you have just mentioned on a good run of form and are doing well against some of the top dogs in syria even though like you mentioned syria is not really the best at the moment in terms of as compared to previous season because you have some teams who are under construction and some teams are kind of having like yo-yo up and down up and down so what are some of those things that have contributed to maybe in there arriving at this point in the season with a chance to maybe go all the way for all three competitions. Yeah, I would say like putting aside the struggles that like the teams from Roma and then, you know, I think Milan early part of the season uh, and then, you know, how you don't really have much of a challenge other than like, I guess, Allegri's Juventus, but then it's like, it's Allegri's Juventus. Like, it's hard to get excited about them. Um, so I think at the same time, I don't want to take credit away from like, this squad that was i mean um last season there were like some issues and and that didn't go well but remember like they were the one team that beat napoli and they're the one team that played napoli the best which, which ran away with the title last season um and like the year before um, they were probably the best team if you look at the entire season and 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 the brozovic injury and like the radu fowler in the makeup game kind of them in the in the title race in Milan and this this team has been building even you know like I mean probably under Conte when they won it but with, with under Inzaghi um 
And now I think there's like two key elements. I mean, basically, it's depth in terms of uh, having someone next to Lautaro, and and that's Marcus Turam, who has like exceeded expectations in like basically a a guy that completely uh, takes the attention of defenses. He can get out wide. You will talk about his sort of tactical role, I guess, uh, a little bit later. But Lautaro has been uh, even more unleashed as 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 like you know seasons before, and and he is uh, like much more free to just do link up play, but also also get in the box. Um, and then also uh, the the wing back depth as well now. Um, and some of it is like because they signed Pavar, um, who's been really good, or Bisek when he had to fill in as the right center back. And that's allowed like Darmian um, as well to be one of the wing back options. And it's not just Dimfries, who I think has probably not been that good. And on the left, it's been Di Marco, who, who has had like a really, really nice season with some really key goals. But he's also been rested when, and then Carlos Augusto, when, when he's played, like he's played a lot in the Champions League. Um, and, and he's looked quite good. Like he's always, you know, like had a couple of assists in uh, Tanitana as well. So so he's, I think they, they have a much better like rotation as well. Um, and obviously I, I probably should have started with Hakan Chalanoglu's <laughs> incredible uh, transformation into basically a from, from from like being a number 10 and winger earlier in, in a career. Uh, or a wide midfielder, and then you know transitioning to an eight when he went to Inter, and and now he's he's basically become Rosovic without sort of the positional error slash sometimes uh, things, but but like I mean you can make I think people have made many highlight videos about just the ridiculous passes that he makes, um, and obviously he's scoring the penalties and, and scoring, you know, still doing set pieces. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's been, he's been probably the, I don't want to say unsung hero because there's been enough songs about him, but uh, I think those are kind of the factors in terms of players. Yeah, Akan Chanuglu is really interesting case and you have said about his transformation, which is quite interesting because it's like no bronze wish, no problem. And like you said, some of the clips, if you haven't watched that, you go to YouTube and then you check out really, really, Incredible. Some of the passes he just plays are kind of like ridiculous. Um, I bet it's like a lot of players, like you have mentioned, are kind of like improving their performances. Some are doing better than expected. And then Inzaghi is also like managing the squad better. Like you said, he's resting key players at, the, at key moments. Um, which that same can't be said for Aleti because you kind of have Simeon where Simeon has like 14 to 15 players where he kind of rotate the squad among the amongst those guys and then you kind of have issues like Alexia has had recently in terms of losing match not because they were not the better team but because the players were not fresh enough like Griezmann, Koke, the key players of the team were not really fresh enough and it's really down to the fact that it's not really down to the fact that Alexi doesn't have a big squad at Inter it's true that Alexi doesn't have a big squad at Inter but Cholo doesn't kind of trust those who are it's like what you just said like he's struggling in the last season where those the backups are not really really of higher quality and it's like for example taking out Griezmann for Korea that's really a drop in quality and also a different aspect to what Griezmann kind of offers and as we we'll go detail and we talk about Turam I think basically what he offers is similar to that of of Turam so um, Abel we have to talk about Inter Milan's tactics because that I think Inzaghi has basically been like I don't want to say mentioning media but something of that where everyone on Twitter is like Intel are very good at this. They are not really conservative, but you have that fluidity in possession and you have that solidity in defense. And before we record, you were talking about the fact that like Inzaghi has kind of made them very good at um, like 
minimizing their their flaws and then highlighting or strengthening what they are very good at so we have to talk about what they do in possession that has really caught the eye for most and we all know i think since the last few days that um inzaghi uses the 35-2 formation or whatever you can call it but three center backs wing backs and then you have two strikers so can you give us a rundown of how um, that basically goes and how they basically do things in possession for europe to attack so i mean the number one thing for them is that they do want to like keep the ball build out of the back like um invite pressure bait the press and then have various ways of outplaying them um so like basically they almost always build with a four uh, or sometimes it's like a goalkeeper, two center backs, and then you'll have one center backs of the side will push out to the fullback position, and then they will have the other. So that sort of wing back pushes up higher, and it's like becomes kind of a four, sort of two in the middle, another two, two strikes, four, two, 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 kind of with with two wingers. Um, and so what, so what that does usually is like. Um, yeah, if, if it depends on the opponent, right? But if they if they don't press up, then they will just play out to the side. And usually, um, the immediate pass, which is like from like Contes, is like it goes diagonal to the striker. Which now they have Turam, who can fight off people, but then can also run behind or Lautaro as well. And then that that player lays it back to Chanoglu or, or Barella or usually one of those central midfielders who who are the two. And then those players play. The pass in behind to like the wing backs who are playing as kind of strikers, or maybe one of the strikers who isn't dropping off, um, or sometimes it's like maybe one of the eights who who makes that run. So that's a pretty common one. And then the other one that they can do is because they have a Tiram who can run behind. I mean that was their issue. Uh, I mean even last couple seasons when they were playing with like Jaco or Lukaku as well, it wasn't like that player that had. The ability to run behind as much so i mean that means that opponents could press them more um but this season there's been so many of those goals where where turam is one-on-one or like he's one on two and he flicks it on and then and then you have just these plethora of field or wing back runners who are getting in and sometimes like turam will get up and get on the end of it or the other one which i think is, is even more interesting is um sort of a this isn't really from like goal kicks, but but like from more established possession in their own half. What they they're very very good at probably the best uh, in terms of using center backs as like sort of third man runs or even fourth man runs. So like a very typical um, pattern for for them will be um, something like they like basically you know, a lot of the teams in Italy will play like kind of a man marking of back three back five. So. Against that, you'll have with like a three center back setup. You'll have a spare center back, so you find that, and then typically that center back will either play a pass to like wide player or like a central player like a Lautaro or Turam, and then then they'll continue the, the dynamic run because sometimes they're so sometimes they're not picked up right because they're the free man, or sometimes they have a dynamic advantage on like say a central midfielder that picks them up, so he like. Or Bastoni will play that ball to the wide player or the central player, and then there's like either a central pass or or a wide pass, and then they will get that return pass, and then you often see them in the box. So that's that's one one variation. Another one that they'll do is um, that that spare center backs plays it out 
to the to sort of a deeper coming um like now fullback so like a dimarco or Darmian, and then uh the eight like usually barella or Mkhitaryan, separates as like the striker drops so like Alautaro or Tiram will drop and that usually like either if they if the center back doesn't follow them then you just play them right but then if the center back follows then there's space behind them so like usually um the the, the eights will just make that run and that's that's another way that they they create so they there's there are various ways i mean um it isn't really like much of a secret to say like the, the Hungarian national team under Marco Rossi has been using their their build up for like definitely two years maybe more uh, and I mean, many other teams have been studying Inzaghi and implementing his methods. So what I like about it is that it isn't really like sort of personnel based. It isn't really, but it's not sort of dogmatic like Conte, where you can you can always you can only play this pass or that pass. It's there's a certain amount of freedom, but but it's also like very um, well organized in terms of who gets to make which runs, like when did they do it, and you can see like how sort of in sync the movements are uh and that you know in terms of oh center back just made a third man run or you know the eight separates or like the way the strikers drop off so all of these things that i that i mentioned the the best thing about that is that it's very very uh organized and it's also like not rushed like they're very very good at um being patient you know and and not sort of attacking directly when when they when they don't have to so I think that's like a big, that that's a very major point in their, in their in possession is that they they can like drag teams out and and find sort of those those spaces, and then um, when they do it's uh, it's it's very common. And obviously like there's other things that they'll do in final third and how they get beyond the defense, but um, I think those are just the key points. Well, um, Abel, uh, well, we really summarized that very well. Um, you kind of uh, mentioned that they are very good at, I think, basically three good things, which is the timing. Then you have like the movement and sing, and then you also have like the execution of the ideas, the coaches' ideas, which kind of shows all the great team they are. And talked about um, the use of their wide center backs because I, watching the Juventus game that was quite evident. And you have like Pavard or Bastoni, and they kind of provide support, which kind of increase like form i think those triangles or you have those white combinations where you like you mentioned 10 man play and then you are created for good crossing angles and they have like the likes of lataro and duram in the box and then you have those midfielder like barella crashing into the box which kind of make them very very good and from the patterns you mentioned it seems like they are not really relying on like a particular way of play they have like different depending on how the opponent reacts they have like different methodology or different patterns to kind of take to kind of solve the problem which is really really good so uh abel you talked about raman we have to like maybe talk about him because it's like he has taken in the attack to another level and like you have mentioned he kind of maybe offers what the likes of zeko and uh, lukaku were not offering and the, i think the game against juventus and even against roma you have him like making those runs even when teams are like kind of sitting passive and then you don't have a lot of pressure on the center backs you have him making those runs from out to in that's from inside to the white channels and then they are kind of picking now i think the first chance against uv came from such a run and then you have mikitara into the box and it's like having him and then you have lotaro is kind of like being the, the huge benefactor because he's basically scored a league high of goals this season already 
Yeah, it's like 30, I think it's like now yesterday. Uh, they've, they've cracked like two rounds, cracked double digits now, and, and Lautaro uh, hit the 20 mark. So, um, yeah, I think, but but more than that, I think um, it, because I don't think they've really had like much issues kind of uh, beating the side. Kind of like there's, you know, Lautaro's historically put up, I think, I don't know, three goals a game against Tanitana. But I think this comes very, very useful in those key games. So Champions League knockouts and, and, and the key, uh, like I mentioned, game against Juventus or Milan. And in those games, like, you definitely remember, like, Jeko or, or Lukaku or, like, when he had Alexis Sanchez, like, who's, I guess who's still back now. Um, like, just giving a different option. And think that makes teams defend them differently right so they 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 know that well we can just defend them one on one um if we have those kind of but if it's like Lautaro and, and Turam who also like are very good at playing super narrow to each other and then it's just massive problems for center backs because in in Italy like a lot of the center backs uh, will actually follow because uh, it's you know it's a game it's a league where Gasparini and and then sort of his his school is very evident and that's a lot of high man marking but you know in in those cases it's it's like you gain any separation or, or as like a tiram who can win these duels just by being more physical but also being more technical and just having the constant energy uh then it becomes really really hard to to kind of keep them out um and the the thing is that eventually they will always just wear you down and i think that's probably an issue that um Atleti will uh, will certainly suffer from. Um, I mean, I know you've had some issues at center back, to put it mildly, right? Yeah, for sure. That's been. I think that's the greatest weakness in this side, the center backs, because either they are not there or they are there, and then you kind of have them not performing. And I think the center back area is an issue. Is an area where it has been declining for years now. And yes, I think rumors came out yesterday saying Andre Bata plans on rejuvenating the squad and the centre-back is one of the key areas and you have had a little link with a couple of like good young centre-backs all around Europe. You have like any Heinkape of um, Leverkusen, which is not the first time I literally have been with mm-hmm. him. And then you kind of have like Mamol from Las Palmas and you also have Kaduna. I think those are very young centre-backs and if taking those profiles into consideration, they kind of fit what Aliti wants to do. The three are the back players who are comfortable in defending wide areas. And then also offers a little that opportunity to kind of like play high line, which the current options are not there. Because in the little center backs to be at this this season, to be honest, I think there's only one player who is not 30 years old, and that's Jose Maria Jimenez. So that kind of says a lot about our center back options. And I think if you watch the game against Real Madrid, that was kind of evident. And I'm thinking about defending those wide areas, which is an area where they are kind of good at, especially when they are in settled, when they have settled position there. In the attacking third, and then if you are not quite brilliant enough, then I think those movements kind of pick you off, and then you have maybe a pass over the top for Dimarco, or you have Bastoni with a very good opportunity to put the ball into the box and the rest. And Aliti are also very good at box defending, which is kind of surprising given when you talk about Simeon Uchulo. That's basically what comes to your ear. So, um, Abel, you talk about Raman what he basically offers, and it's a knockout game, so he, I think, he would obviously be a key player. And like you said, it's been really surprising given how he's he's been performing this season because Aleti were kind of linked with him in the summer, kind of like did maybe watch some of his games back and they were, he was good, I think, when the season where he did very well with Alessand player. But then after that, it was like a drop-off and he disappeared. So I was kind of like, maybe this guy is an on-and-off guy, but now he's going to Inter and poof, 
it's just been incredible and it's like he's like maybe the main cock in attack because against Juventus there was a pattern of play which kind of repeated itself where you have when they white the the interiors that's the interiors kind of receive on the half ten or facing UV's goal, you kind of the first pass is basically to Turam and then you have like that associative play which they are very good at doing on the wing, but now around zone fourteen to kind of create a chance, which kind of speak of magnitude of his technicality and his ability to kind of impact intense attacks. So um, a very key um, component I think of this system which you have already talked about is basically the wide overloads and the wing backs. Can you please just give us um, what to expect from those wing backs? Because, like you said, Inzaghi has been doing a lot of rotations, and the wing backs are basically key. Because you have someone like Zimako who is very good at arriving in space, and that's really something I think that's really contributed to some of the goals for Inter this season. Yeah, I think like it's interesting in 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 Inzaghi system because um, at various points in like Inzaghi's tenure. Darmian in particular, like last season, like he was a lot of times like a right center back. And, and there was like some experiments with DiMarco as a left-sided center back, which I think didn't really do well. And then they kind of quickly realized that, well, we've got like this this guy who's amazing at shooting and crossing and cutbacks and, and, and obviously um, really the offensive side of the game. So, so let's try to get him there. Um, I think the Dumfries, who was a key member our last couple of seasons, this season um, isn't really like... He he's been definitely like probably the one person who um, hasn't uh, done as well uh, in terms of. I mean, he's just a like a very strange player because it's probably like sort of a like I mean he's got like a lot of these kind of in the box skills and 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 uh, isn't necessarily like sort of the greatest provider uh, in that sense. So Darmian's been playing a fair amount, and Darmian um, is a tactically like a really versatile player and just pretty much does what whatever he wants but uh you know um has sort of like a little bit of limitations like he's you know but i mean still like he's a guy who's been in the biggest games in champions league and all that stuff in final so um yeah i mean De Marco as like a very good understudy now and carlos augusto came from Came from Monza and and is you know I've been playing for the Brazilian national team right in the in the back four, which um and and he's you know he's, he's been I think a pleasant um, surprise for for sure, just because he's I think I think he actually has the most minutes uh, in the Champions League for for Inter, uh, which which is which is like one one really uh, funny statistics but a statistic but um yeah so just that but and I think that was a big problem for them, uh, particularly like last season. Uh, that they didn't have like the backups like Belanova um, weren't that good, and and then Darmian often needed to, needed to play right side at center back because they couldn't really make up for Skriniar's departure. And now with Pavar and Bisek, that's been that's been pretty nicely uh, handled. And I mean, if you look at kind of the minutes distribution, like no one's really like played crazy minutes, you know. Um, I, I I mean. Um, Mikitarians, who's been like sort of at 35, I, I think no one's really like expected this. But then he's got like Fratesi, who is just kind of there. Like, there's the you know, who's, who's, who's a really, really promising player for a while, and, and he's there as kind of a squad player, you know. So, um, I think that's that's the underrated part of Inter is how they and Inzaghi, which he wasn't always good at that. Like, the, the issue with him for a number of years was. 
well, they always start out really well in these big games, and then like by about the 60th minute, they kind of fade, and then the subs are usually like not really helping. And I think this season there's like quite a lot of depth now, um, and it's maybe not like showing up in like some of the the data as much. Although Fratesi has like you know pretty nice, like he's got like four goals, and he's getting there. I mean. Arnautovic, I think, is somewhat widely criticized, but he's, you know, he's putting up when he has to, and, and he's able to spell, you know, um, Duram and Lautaro, so that they don't play every single game to the end, because that was another thing, and they don't get injured. And then I mentioned sort of the center black, um, you know, the Fry as a, as a squad player, Bissek as well. Like they've been, they've been able to spell Bastoni because he's he he he'd have like um, weaker spells in, in some of the games. Um, and yeah, like Buchanan, who uh, Tejan Buchanan, who just made the debut uh, against Salernitana last night, is, is another exciting option potentially for that wing back spot. So um, you you probably have some bad memories of him uh, in Club Rouge. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's lots of options. <laughs> yeah, you just mentioned uh, the guy from Club Rouge and man. Up to today, I can't see for us in him because of what he did against us. He basically took the weaknesses we have in wide areas because Aliti, especially on the left, where Aliti kind of play a winger as a wing back, yeah. given that the aim is to create chances in the final third for that winger and be create 1v1s where the winger can try. And then you have this guy from Canada, he just made Carrasco. <laughs> Man, it was really good that day. And when I saw he went to Inter, I was not kind of surprised given. What he I've seen, I've experienced like see first hand against him. So it was it was kind of mesmerizing. And like you said, in test squad there is really something that is great. And Izagis, like you have mentioned, is like he has improved in his management where he's able to like better manage games and also the minutes for players, players are better are fresh, which was which is good for them as compared to Aliti, that's not been the case because wow, it's like we are running Griezmann. <laughs> it's like we're squeezing every little bit of of Jews leaving this man because he's had a horrible 2024 and same for Koki and then the rotation and then with Morata out, which I think that would be our biggest issue against Inter, giving someone who can actually make runs in behind, but we are going to have Memphis, who is actually someone who is basically attracted to the ball. So we're going to talk all about that. Um, so, um, Albert, can you please give, um, give maybe any notable uh, weaknesses in like Intel's in-position game where Alice can kind of capitalize because Alice tend to press high, but not all the time. They kind of choose their moments and I think Ali best, the best games where Alexis press has really been great has been in the cup games. You have, um, I think, two years ago against Man City mm-hmm. at home. Then you have um, even the game against United in the Champions League two years ago. And then you have, I think, there are even games this season against Real Sociedad, against Real Madrid, where Alexis press, moment of choice of press have been good. And also they are sitting, sitting in the low block has been good. So do you think there are moments where Alexis can maybe trap this inside and try of like maybe nick a goal on the counter or like try to force turnovers? Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, there's been teams like in certain like beginnings of the game. I think like even even Roma, I would say like the last last game they played or last weekend, um, where like Roma came out in the first half and for the opening minutes, like, like you can definitely. And I remember like Fiorentina as well in, in in the recent game as well, where you can definitely like get them into trouble. Like, I mean, Jan Zomer, who I, I'm a huge fan of, but you can get him in trouble in, in some ways when the back pass isn't that great to him. Um, I would say, like, just the early kind of concentration is the thing. Um, but, look, like, as a team that's given up, like, 
think 12 goals in 24 in, in the league so like it's um, those are like you know or black or, or athletic, uh, goals um, Number. I think the other one the other one is um like some of the defensive transition which like used to be a bigger thing with Brozovic when when Brozovic played it was much more like he's you know a guy could run all day and and sometimes he wasn't positionally the most disciplined but Chalanoglu who has been like absolutely monster and it's really really like tough to criticize him but there's definitely like some of those where 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 he can lose the ball or he can like you know like i remember um i think uh even even milan in 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 the in the game they played had some success against inter with these like quick combinations uh essentially when when inter's press uh doesn't kind of get there because i think like um inter our team when we can talk about their other position as well like they're that that side of the game is one where I think it's more like sort of um, it's sort of ingrained and they don't really like practice it as as much. But there is like kind of spells where they drop off in terms of concentration as as well, and and they allow you to move the ball, but then it's like you know really allow you to uh, get. Uh, great chances against them so yeah it's there's definitely like opportunities it's just they're not like i don't think there's like glaring sort of weaknesses i mean it's tough to say that about a team that's been just so dominant but like you i think probably the the other one is uh like you've seen Real Sociedad in the champions league i mean benfica in some ways like like the really kind of high intensity teams who commit to Pressing with, like basically playing one v one in the back, um, and it's just I think you have to make sure that um, you generate enough quality and ideally score a goal from those, because uh, I think sooner or later, like that's the thing with Inter is like they're inevitably going to succeed in in creating big chances and scoring goals and. I mean, there's there's not actually been um, too many inter games, unlike in seasons, uh, like like previous seasons. You, you you'd always have like several of these games, and particularly like I mean, even last season, but but the season where they lost to Milan and and then Scudetto, like Inter create like and Sassuolo was like the master of this, where Inter create just three three point five xG, and they they can't win those games. They're actually I don't really remember like. The one loss against Sassuolo was um, like pretty even from from one of those, and Sassuolo scored from like um, kind of low quality chances and missed some uh, bigger ones. But it was yeah, it was it was also in Inter like had a little bit of uh, you know kind of it was it was like right after the Milan game it was like midweek uh, for like you know or it was the end of the week and then the Champions League was coming up, so I think there's a little bit of that, but. I think my point is that um, they haven't had those performances where um, they've needed to like put up crazy XG because they were never really never really been like behind that much, and and I guess that's obvious if you give up just twelve goals in the league, but that they haven't needed to uh, really uh, play uh, play catch up. Well, it seems Inter basically takes the lead in most of their games, which kind of like full plays into their game plan and. Also enables them to kind of score many chances and 
apart from that, I think they are quite a dominant side. So um, you mentioned about the out of position stuff and giving Inter basically set up in three five two, which can basically morph into so many things. Given the there's a lot of rotation between the players because there are times where you have maybe Pavard acting as the interior, Barella as a right center back, Damian as the winger. So a lot of rotation in how they do things. So, but now out of position, it seems they have basically like a fat, a flat back five, where it's a five three two, and then where they have to like kind of force the press to one side, and then they kind of like pounce on that. So, can you please walk us through their their defensive setup and some of the things they do out of possession? Yeah, so they do play like a, a high press with like full one v one over the pitch on like say opponent goal kicks, but it's not like I think they would rather kind of avoid that. Um, I think um, it's better now with sort of the center backs they have, um, uh, who are like more athletic and 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 in just overall higher quality than than they've had before. Um, so they can probably do that a little more. I think incidentally, like the defensive line is is a little bit lower now. It's like forty six meters, sort of the average defensive actions, and and the seasons where they've had those troubles, they were usually a couple meters higher, and that kind of doesn't always work for them. So I think their preference is to have that like five three two, which um usually the ball side wing back is the one who kind of um jumps or sometimes the eight. Like they usually have um predetermined kind of rotations on who picks up the inside person and who's the one who moves to uh the say like the deep fullback who receives it. Um and then the their two strikers for the most part screen the opposing six on the playmaker. So they, I mean, they can for sure press. I think they would prefer to uh, screen. So uh, like against any 5-3-2, obviously, if you move the ball kind of quick, quicker with accurate switches, you can get them into trouble. But um, <clears throat> they they do recover quite well. And like the midfield three of you know, Barella, Mkhitaryan, and, and, and Akan all work like quite hard. Um, and Turam's definitely got uh, a good work rate, and Lautaro is uh, is able to do it as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So they um, there's definitely like that that element to them that um, they they use this, and and they're, they're pretty happy also to sit back. You know, like it's you know they've got very good box defenders in Acerbi, and obviously beside Pavar, like you know De Frey, um <clears throat> Bastoni as well. So. And, and Zomer probably isn't like the best at defending his box as a keeper, but he's just been an amazing shot stopper, especially this season as well. So um, I think in that sense, like they have very, very few um, weaknesses because they like they don't necessarily need their like need to be in this high press, which takes a lot of energy to keep teams out. Like they're very comfortable, like. Defending it, like we saw this against Man City in the final, against like the best team in the world, they're very comfortable, and they're able to just kind of uh, <clears throat> sit there and 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 take a lot of this um, pressure and 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 generate like I mean it generates some turnovers like they saw you saw that against Lazio in 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 the league game where where they scored those goals, um, and there's obviously that upside to having a Turam or a Lautaro where. If you do get on the counter, and, and I think this this season they've, they've got like um, the highest uh, expected goals from uh, from counters that that they've had, um, which uh, so 
it's that that that's pretty interesting. It's at zero point three per game per ninety, so it's it's three times the Serie A average. It's like, so it's that's from X value. It's one of these one of the Italian sites that looks at data. So I, I think that's really really fascinating because um, anytime you're doing anything at three times the league average, um, and and they're doing it without like having a disruptive build up. Like it's not it's sort of like league average or even below league average. And it's not like they have a huge sort of, like a very low PPDA. It's at like 12, 12.5. So they're not really like, I think my point is that they, they're not really like going to um, sell out and, and press all out to actually like keep teams out and also generate chances. So, um, but they have this capability, I think probably more than, really more than at any times in the previous years, just because of, um, center back personnel, and just because they're able to keep fresh, and and then Zomer is obviously like uh, very very good off his, his his line as well as like a, a sweeper keeper. Oh, so um, so you're basically saying um, they are basically very you're basically saying they are comfortable like sitting in the mid block rather than high press teams like let's say the RB Leipzig's. Yeah, for sure. Like, but now they kind of choose their moment. Okay, they kind of choose their moments to kind of press, and it's something they are very good at. And you mentioned the key to that is basically the three players in midfield, which is Chalanoglu, Mkhitaryan, and, and Nico Barella. I think um, from what you just said, it's like all the out of position stuff, which um, Inter are good at. It's, it's basically Simeon's dream because Aliti yeah. are not really the best when it comes to like high pressing. Thing. But now Chulo is basically we wants or he wants that type of a team where you kind of like sit in the mid block and then you can control where the opponent kind of like has the ball and then too far away from your goal, but not so far away from your goal given we don't have the center backs to do that. But it seems that's something in the Milan are, are, are quite good at. And you mentioned even when they press, they have a goalkeeper who is comfortable acting as a superkeeper in Jan Soma. Yeah. Which we have seen, I think, from his time at I think in the Bundesliga with Gladbach and I think when he played for Bayern he did that more often. So you, you mentioned a clear weakness of um Somers, which Alice can maybe take advantage of that, which is basically his area claims. But I think before before we started records, you mentioned the fact that Inter having good box defenders basically cover also that where Alice can maybe force a lot of crosses into the box because you the league game against Real Madrid, which ended one all at the Benabo, Alice kind of opted for that approach where heavy crossing, which was basically down to the fact that Real Madrid don't have good box defenders and maybe this around this time around we can this we can maybe like do the reverse where we can like target the keeper into maybe force claims or force force punches and then we kind of capitalize from that let's see how it goes and without morata that would be tough because we kind of have memphis morata's air ability we miss for sure in that game but let's have Jimenez back which is a good player from set pieces and all um so uh, you mentioned about uh what inter kind of do and basically what they're comfortable doing. Are there any vulnerabilities they kind of have like out of possession where teams have taken advantage of? Obviously, we know the vulnerabilities that are, that teams have when they, def- they defend in the f- back five, where if you're kind of switch play, you can maybe you play quickly and switch play, then you can catch teams out. And also when they kind of attack, you can take advantages of the spaces behind the fullback. Apart from those clear advantages which come with the system they use, are there any other, dis- dis- I'm sorry, any other flaws? Yeah, just to kind of like put a little like a few numbers on the defensive, like Jan Zomer, uh, he hasn't actually like had to 
um, have a lot of, you know, high sweeping actions. And I think it's definitely not like Konana, you know, there's issues with Handanovich when, when he was there. Um, but he's like actually among one of the lower, but, but we know from, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> much of my uh, sort of professional career in media or whatever has been on the Bundesliga. So I'm uh, very familiar with Jan Zomer at Gladbach and, and he was excellent at those. And so he's got this long history of being uh, a really, really good um, sweeper keeper, which uh, he's, I mean, he's now producing like basically half of those actions or even like a third of those actions than he was at Bayern. So and that's more just down to team style. Um, so it, yeah, it's just that. Um, but yeah, I think playing Memphis actually might not be like the worst idea in that sense. And I mean, I know he's sort of the one who's available. But uh, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, I mean, really like with any team that plays a back three, particularly like somewhat aggressively, you know, deep, deep movements of, of, of like a Memphis and Griezmann is, is, is something. And, and you can get, I think like the other one is you can get in behind the DiMarco even. And, and if it's Dumfries for sure. Um, and maybe Darmian less so because he's probably the best defender out of those. Um, so yeah, there's 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 opportunities there. Um, I mean, yeah, Acherbi has generally been like pretty fantastic, but um, he's he's also like um, very experienced. But you can I mean, there's there's things that you can do. So um, and and yeah, like the midfield, um, as I mentioned. Um, you can like any sort of quick combination uh, from from uh, like sort of good central build up. I know, like I guess, it's like okay, it's sort of questionable in that sense, but um, definitely like Atleti. When I've seen them this season, there's been a lot more uh, emphasis on you know trying to uh, trying to play a little bit more attacking and trying to have more combination play. So I think it's just like sort of a quality thing because in in many of the Serie A games you just don't really see the opponent kind of try try that quality um and probably like intensity and and I think that will that can be a question mark I'm not sure if like Atleti is necessarily the team to exploit the intensity edge like in a way that say Real Sociedad did or you know like probably many of the Premier League teams can or could uh, but there's definitely some some amounts, although I think not too too many. In terms of high turnover, they have scored a league high seven goals from high turnovers, which is quite good. But in contrast to the Champions League, where they have zero and just four shots from high turnovers, it kind of maybe indicates that uh, maybe Inzaghi approaches the Champions League games quite different to um, to the the league games. Oh yeah, I think I think that's been clear since last season as well. And like we were talking before we came on about how Inzaghi has this massive reputation as a cup manager, right? Like he hasn't really won the league yet. So and he's won like, you know, Coppa Italia a number of times, Super Cup as well with Inter now, I think three years running. So uh and obviously went to the final uh last season. So um at this point, you know, the league is the hardest and, and they've pretty much wrapped that up and they're in a great position because I don't think they've really like played superbly and they're comfortably there with a nice matchup against Atleti. So I think in that sense, like you have to envy Inzaghi in, in, in this, 
in this matchup because he's kind of got everything that he's wanted and he's been able to do it while kind of managing managing the squad and and no one's really like injured and uh you, you know um everyone's like actually in great form like if you you know they've since January, since they restarted, like they, they won every single game, <laughs> and, and it's impossible to score on them. And you've got like Lautaro and Tram and, and Chalonoglu in really, really uh, great form. Uh, so it's, I think, in that sense, like it's probably as confident as uh, and I think certainly Inter fans as well. Like from uh, follow a fair number of them, we've got a, got a few, few friends who are who are uh, passionate Inter fans. Like they're probably as confident as they as they've ever been, and it's generally like Inter fan group can be a little bit pessimistic and self ironic, but no one's really no one's really saying that. So I think I would I would take that as a as a as a bad sign in in your case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure because Aliti has kind of gone from more to less as the season has progressed, and you mentioned some in out operation things uh, Inter kind of do, which is basically as. Entails when you use the five three two, which is squeezing the center, and you mentioned about when you watch a lady kind of play like some like progressive kind of play, and that's been evidence in how a lady play because one of the key things I think Inter will have to maybe deal with, or if a lady can get right, then it causes a lot of Inter, a lot of problems for Inter, not just Inter but any team. Is basically that ten man combination where you find where a lady kind of uses it to pick out Koke, which is basically our deep line playmaker, our six. And if Aliti can do that more often and pick him out, that's obviously behind the front two of Turam and Lutaro, then I think that can cause issues for Inter because once that finds Koke, it always finds Koke when Koke faces the opponent's goal. And there are two things. It's either a switch to the right for like an overlap from Molina or it's a pass infield to Griezmann. And if that happens, then that's basically... And those moments are moments where Aliti have kind of been at their best and have played their best football. So I think that's something exactly we're working on, but that's something many teams have tried and they haven't really succeeded in, like, like stopping it. The only person who has succeeded in stopping is Koke himself. That's when he's not been fresh or when he's having a bad game against, like, the game against Barca and the game against Real. Against Aliti Club, the spaces were not that much centrally, but now you have some intricate play between him and De Paul and then... All of a sudden, Aleti are basically in behind Aleti club. So that's maybe something I think Aleti can maybe use against Inter from. I think, like, for sure, I, I have a little bit of insight into, like, how incredibly prepared they are. I mean, they have, like, five match analysts on the staff and, uh, you know, one or two of them. And, uh, I mean, they've, if, you, if you've seen, like, sort of Inter, just, I mean, last season's Champions League final is a good example. Like, they, they were never surprised by anything. Um so they, it's, this is pretty normal for uh, many of the bigger Italian teams for sure, but they they, they might be the, mat, the best at sort of opponent or, or, or match uh, preparation. So like, I think to the extent that uh, like they're not prepared for these things is, is like, I would say highly unthinkable. Um, now that, that of course, you know, it's only about as good as as it's executed, right? So every every sort of match plan, but um, I think we've got like enough evidence of 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 Inter being super prepared under Inzaghi, and and the sort of staff has done a, a really good job in, in in that sense. So I think in that sense, like it's again kind of Atleti has the onus on them to uh, to kind of do something maybe unpredictable or or uh, yeah, I mean that 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 that's now that I think about it more, that that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah, talk of visibility. I think that's something I think at the moment this Aliti squad doesn't have because it's kind of evident of how Aliti play. And I think uh, one of the things I think Inter will basically use to their advantage, which almost everything Aliti has played against has using the advantage is forcing Aliti to be down the right hand side. And if that's the case, then I think Inter's maybe shots from turnovers can be will basically increase because Aliti are basically very poor when building down that side. It was evident against Fener. It was evident evident against Atletico Club home and away. It was evident against Barca. And Chula has kind of tried to compensate with that by playing um, Witzel as a white centre back. But now you know Witzel is basically a little bit older and obviously defending white spaces. I will not be surprised if Witzel plays in the right as a right centre back. And then you see maybe Turam because they, some of the games I watch is favoured making runs towards the left. But I will not be surprised if you see him making runs. Towards I won't be surprised seeing making us to that direction because of how fast, super fast he will be against, let's say, a player that we sell, or maybe as compared to Hermoso or Renudo, which will not be so favorable to him. But it will be good seeing a matchup if Renudo plays against Turan because Renudo is basically, in my opinion, one of the best defenders in the world at the moment. I don't. He can definitely compete. Yeah, he can definitely compete. Yeah, because I don't, yeah. I'm not concerned to the fact about Boab. I'm talking about defending because I think Reynolds come when he came back has kind of like pushed Aleti to kind of press higher in games and maybe also defend a lot of spaces behind, giving his recovery pace, his high level of anticipation. And that's basically, I think, the only guy who kind of gives me confidence of maybe, let's say, Aleti doing well defensively against uh, Inter, which is going to be a very, very tough task. But lucky for us, Jose Maria Jimenez is back and let's see how he plays against Las Palmas today, which is an early kickoff. And then hopefully that will be something we'll look at. And if you talk about predictability, because basically I think there's a lot of similarities between Inter and Aleti. Because Inter rely on associative play in wide areas. That is basically the same thing Aleti rely on. But now the bad thing I can say for Aleti will be that I think Lino will have to be on his top game. Because him playing as a wing back, he will have to come up one v one against Damian, and Damian is a really an experienced guy. And like you said, mentioned, he is having the decent season going forward and also defending. So that's maybe some of the battles we can maybe keep an eye on. So apart from those things, what are some other battles you can Aliti fans can keep an eye on, like those one v ones on the pitch? Um, I think I, I probably forgot to uh, mention one one aspect of it, like which is, um final third um and I, i'm glad you sort of mentioned the associative play because that's also been like kind of a trademark for for inter that um especially over the years where and especially this season like just chalanoglu i mentioned about those ridiculous passes like many of those are happening in like the final third where it's just breaking like two lines um but some of it is also like you know barella obviously has got like a really really like I mean, probably, I mean, world-class kind of spatial understanding and and of like when to kind of get in the wide areas and then how that creates space for like say a wing back coming inside or like a, another one of the Tarians. I think that's that's probably the the interesting part of it. Uh, it's, it's just how intelligent those three are in terms of like even off-the-ball runs, it's and, and we, we know, like, the on-ball qualities of those guys, but and Mkhitaryan, I mean, even at Dortmund, was, been, was, was, was amazing at that, and uh, and maybe not as, like, flashy, but, like, his uh, emergence, I think even last season as well, has been, like, someone not a lot of people saw, it, like, at his age, like, everybody kind of wrote him off, I think, 
and thought like, well, it's just going on to Inter on a free. And, and that's also like Inter's squad building has been really good in that sense of like picking up these these players that everybody thought, oh, it's just going there on a free, like, oh, it's just going to be a squad player. And they just become really important. So, yeah, those are those are key things. And, and I think like the depth that, that I mentioned that, you know, you can put in like a Fratesi who's uh, like amazing off the ball and has this really high work rate. Um off the bench, like now, now Buchanan gives them another thing, or, or Dumfries as well. Like as a, as a I mentioned about Carlos um, Augusto as, as as the wing back. So like they have, or they didn't have this depth, or in terms of quality of depth, um, really the last couple of seasons now. I've really the only place is, is perhaps like Lautaro and and Turan, but uh, you know, so it's like. Arnautovic in the Champions League, I probably wouldn't be that excited about in, in the knockout if I'm an Inter fan. But I think that's extremely kind of nitpicky and in, in this sense that uh, yeah, they just have very very few. Uh, I mean, very very few flaws, if any. Um. Well, like you said, Inter have very very few flaws, and that would be something Aliti will have to be very wary about. And you mentioned some of the qualities of the players in midfield, like uh, Barella, which is basically someone who I think all, everyone in Europe knows about his on and off the ball qualities. And um, I may be going too far, but I kind of see like similarities between um, Barella and like, say, uh, Pablo Barros Aliti, players who are basically very skilled on the ball and then off the ball, they kind of offer you and they have a lot of energy and can sacrifice yeah. a lot for the team. Um. Um, um, Abel, um, last season in the Champions League, um, when Inter played against Barca, in the first half when they played at the Camp Nou, there was something Xavi did. I think Xavi went for the box, and that caused a lot of problems for Brunzovic, I think, um, where he basically had to, and that was also due to the fact that the center backs were passive, where he was like always in a 2v1 situation, right, right. where when he's focused, let's say, like, I think Busquets, then you have Gavi or Pedri behind him, and Aleti kind of have like this wide shape when they play in possession where um, you have like Griezmann dropping in from the front line and I think centre-backs are always ready to drop to deep because that can create space for someone to make a run. It's Memphis, I'm not sure so he'll be making those runs, but if that was Morata, I'm sure I'm obviously 100% sure. But now Griezmann drops deep and do you think Inter have kind of like walked past that and then that's not a weakness Aleti can capitalise on? I think like it's, it's tough to answer that question because... Um, I do think that there were like examples, like I mentioned Milan uh, playing kind of that sometimes diamond, sometimes box midfield, like early in the season. And there were definitely opportunities for, for progression. Um, and I think like even the, the Roma game recently, where, where like Roma play this kind of lopsided, um, like in some ways very functional, uh, like 4-3-3, which where, where, where Dybala kind of drops off of, like, he's in, he kind of starts out as a right winger, but he drops off in the midfield, and then you have almost like a, a midfield diamond where, where he can be kind of the 10 or, or off of Lukaku. Um, and that, I would say, like, in the first part of the match, or the first 20 minutes, gave Inter problems. So, like, putting um, players between the lines at different depths and staggering them in a way where you and if you have like a like coke or pirate like someone who's a capable or good deep lying playmaker that can definitely um you know hurt inter because like just with that midfield three um 
there's always going to be like a, a spot ahead of like between the between three and the sort of three five there's always spaces there and if you can get enough there then then that's there's there's evidence now that you know these these particularly if you if you get them moving side to side like i think that's that's another thing where um and you have good passing center guess with center backs which i guess we do right with with him also uh i'm thinking yeah, but so for me is like more of a safe passer. Like he's not really like sort of a. I mean, I, I watched I watched years of him at Dortmund of just like you know ninety five percent passing, but always to the side. Um, or you know, so so <laughs> or if you can get those kind of like 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 I think you know like Griezmann in a similar role to like Dybala, which 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 is 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 not a, is not a bad idea. Um, getting like. Uh, like a one of those like wing backs inside and like having the you know center back over like which is just very interplay but but you know Roma had some success with that I think I think Atleti can as well um yeah it's uh these these little like z patterns you know where like say uh you like you bring a bring an eight or bring an eight to to pin the center back and then you, you drop that eight off, and then he, you know, so he gets the ball from center back, gives it off to a uh, deep line playmaker, and then it's off to the, the striker. And then that striker can either run behind or could also lay it off to like, a, you know, Griezmann or, you know, so something like that. Like that's that's a pattern that uh, I think can have success, and Roma, Roma actually definitely had success in the life. Um, but yeah, they 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 had less less success uh, later on. Even like I think even a team like Verona had 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 some. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, like they're, they're, it's 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 just kind of like again that it, like any team there's there's opportunities, but um, like if you look at sort of the big picture, and that's why like analytics and statistics is is is, is useful. That that. It's hard to kind of find these things. I mean, it probably doesn't play a factor or a part in like sort of match preparation and and match analysis because you're just looking at sort of footage and and, and thing, but but trying to find like holes. But if you're kind of uh, like it's, it's like I'm not here to make the argument that it's going to be easy because that would be a little bit foolish. Yeah, for sure. And like you have said, in that team with them. Not so much um, amount of flaws. So, um, getting towards the end of the show, um, we have talked about um, we have mentioned Chanelu a couple of times, and also Barella. Um, can you kind of um, give us um, what are some of the key factors that have maybe led to Chanelu succeeding playing as a deep line playmaker in the absence of or when in that kind of so Bronzovic? Yeah, that was kind of a weird. Um... So you have to go back to like that season in twenty one twenty two where like Inter had a four point lead with a game in hand over Milan for like twenty two or twenty three match days, and then they had the makeup game that they lost in Bologna, and and also Brozovic missed like three games, and they and they like unlucky like like they they had like this game, but but and but then there were the games like Torino where they couldn't create anything, so. And and Brozovic, uh, like, there was like a disagreement about renewing him. And and Inter, I think, some of it is like the financial aspect of it is uh, 
the tricky side of signing all of these free agents. So the upside is you're getting them for free, but the tricky side is high salaries, right? So, and then there's no resale value to signing a 31, 32 year old. So when they actually were able to kind of, you know, so like they had to kind of, Inyar was another one where they couldn't match. Um, and Brozovic was as well, where, where, where he, you know, he wasn't gonna extend. So um, in that sense, like, they always have to be uh, like kind of mindful of uh, basically the financial, you know, this team team still has a lot of debt, and there's always kind of rumors about well, how are they gonna how are they gonna be able to uh, you know manage that, and and how can they put a team? And I mean, there was like a year where they paid like they had Alexis on, on huge wages. Same with Jekyll and Lukaku as well. So like that, this is like um um. They they're always walking this tightrope. So one sort of um, caveat of that is that you do have to kind of replace the central midfielders, right? Because it is a you know it is like a an aging core, and they they have spent like you know spent um, Aslani, they spent ten million on Frates is alone, but basically is a permanent one. I mean, you know. Previous, like David Klassen came. I mean, previous years as well. Like you remember, like there's, there were enough. But the fact that they were actually able to get like the 18 million for for Brozovic and, and get his salary off the books is, is is like a pretty big win. When considering like last season, they already began this transition to to Chalanoglu. So, um, like, and 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 he, I mean, Chalanoglu's always had this capability. I mean, and play, and it probably is better suited as he, you know gets into like not that he's old at 29 but he's been playing you know like in the first division and in Germany for 10 years now uh, and even second Bundesliga before so um he's got a number of miles on him so yeah it's it's like they they've they've always been kind of mindful of managing those things of managing those the squad issues um and yeah like they, they, you know, I mean, a couple of years ago, if I remember, like, they, they had to sell. Like, that's one of the reasons why Conte left, right? They had to sell Lukaku, Hakimi, right? Like, all these guys to to basically still have a team and not be completely debt ridden. So, so they're always walking this tightrope. So, I think in that sense, like, you have to kind of admire Marotta, the sporting director's job year after year of taking on some risk with a lot of these kind of, you know, free players. But, I mean, we talked about, I think before the show, we talked about you know, getting Jan Zomer in a free, but, you know, you made 50 million on Onana for, after one season, right? So, like, it's 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 amazing. And, and Onana came on a free, and then he sold him for 50 a year later. So they've been, like, pretty ingenious in, in that sense. And um, they're good at kind of finding the value with a guy like Bisek or probably even Pavar as well. So it's, it's like, um, they, they're, the fact that they, and some of them is like, a, you know, I, I'm not, particularly sure like how all of this was planned like we, we i don't know if mkhitaryan was supposed to be this major piece but but you know barella is the one sort of guy who's untouchable and then there used to be brozovic but then if brozovic had to you know they they were able to kind of get money for him and, and get the wages off as he you know not that he was super old but also like just again the amount of running that he's done right and Basically, now Chalonoglu is probably playing as good, if not better. And when you look at the sort of end product that he is also 
uh, putting up and the key goals and all that stuff, then maybe you can even make the argument that, that he's been better than Brozovic in, 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 in some ways. Well, um, like you mentioned, Inter basically are walking the title, but they are basically very brilliant in the transfer market, and that's thanks to Morata, like you, like you mentioned. And they just, I think some couple of days ago, you had like two players where they basically announced, which were um, Zelensky from Napoli on the free, and then um, mm -hmm. there's another. So they are give, um, which is basically Terami from Porto on the free, which are basically two. How you consider them good signings, given sure that those players are not young, but they kind of like keep them competing at the top level. Well, that's kind of great as compared to a little who kind of go for the same profile of players we go for. I will not say the flops, but go for the ones who don't have a lot of a lo anything left in the tank. So, um, yeah, Abel, Taremi is the other one from Porto. If that was just, just a uh, yeah, Taremi from Porto was the striker, is the one, and yeah, Zelinski. yeah, but it's like Marotta's been doing this since Juve, so he's got like that's kind of his, his, his uh, excellent uh, thing, and and I mean. They they have it's just such a system now. So yeah, yeah, um, and they also basically have like some young players coming up, or some young players in the squad, which is also kind of great. Like Turam is twenty six, Barella, you have um, Bastoni also. So that's kind of great. Um, and then we have like come to the end of the show, and we have talked touch on everything we had to cover. Talk about Inter in and in possession, out of possession, some of the weaknesses maybe Alice can take advantage of. So uh, this is basically the last part, and it's one of my favorites. Is basically a quiz. <laughs> so I hope you are prepared. I'll do my best. Okay. So uh, the first question: is if, if you can name five right. players who have played for both Inter and uh, Atletico. Oh, uh, I don't know. That's 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 a tough yeah. one. Um, Hmm. You've cut me uh, off guard, but Simona, right? Well, I guess well, I have this coach. I don't know. I'm trying to trying to think. You might have to edit this part out. <laughs> uh, well, just let's just say I'm usually you are. Let's just go because I don't think I have to edit because basically you are, you are not the you are not the worst. You are not the worst. Okay, I have a, like Kai. I think you know him. Okay. Well, no, I, yeah, I, I, I would say, I'll say, so I have to go back, right? So Christian Vieri would be one, right? Yeah, Christian Vieri would be one. Godin, probably another one, right? Now that I think about it. Yes, um, Godin, yes. Oh, that's better. You're oh. better than Kai. Yes, I guess Versaico as well. Yes, that's three. Uh, I said Simone, right? As a... <laughs> Yeah, Simeone four. I'm sure. Plan, I think, was maybe maybe another one that. Godin, uh, Vasalico, Vieri, Tiago, Tiago Motta, maybe. Sure. No, no. I'm trying to. I think of because it. Yeah. Think, think of Jabulani. Yeah. Maybe Kondogbia would be another one. Yeah, Kondogbia. Well, I was saying, think of Jabulani. I was saying, think of the 2010 World Cup and Forlan. <laughs> oh, yeah, Forlan. Yeah, yeah, I did say Forlan. Maybe you can remember, but yeah. Okay. Okay. That would be. Yeah, you also have Bandega. Oh, that's great. Five on five. Wow. So, um, Nicole, let's just face Inter just once. Nicole, this game, and can you kind of recall the game and the scoreline? Hmm. 
Is it like was it was it recently or was it like a historical game? No, recently. Yeah, it's it was, not been that one. Was it one like like a? It was like a knockout game in the Champions League. I'm pretty sure, but it was like quarterfinal. Oh uh, yeah. No, I think you know Milan. Talking about Inter. Uh, okay, maybe I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, I probably don't remember. No. Oh, uh, it was the Super Cup. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, super, yeah. That, that, I don't know. I'm not sure if that counts, but yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, and the, the game ended two zero with goals from Jose Luis Antonio Reyes, may he rest in peace, and also uh, of course. Aguero. Wow. I bet that's not bad, you know. <laughs> okay. Can you name? Uh, can you um, say the last Italian team Atleti played in the knockout stages of the Champions League? Uh, I always have like memories of them playing either, um, like they either play Iron or Liverpool. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, was it? Hmm. I think of Ronaldo. Oh, oh was it Juve? Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, then uh, I like this. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I re- actually I remember that because it was a big, big, big disappointment in that. I remember Allegri at the time. Yeah, it was really a bad game for us, no, and the great comeback from Juve in the league. So the the last question. Um, can you recall the last time Atleti knocked out an Italian team from in the knockout stages of the Champions League? And they knocked someone out. Uh, oh, it must have been like those during the like sort of the run to the final, right? Uh, yep, for sure. But maybe it was. Uh, no, I wish I could have been. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Not, not, not sure. You can you can tell me the answer. <laughs> uh, the, tw- the 2014 season, okay. Round oh, okay, of 16. Right. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Diego, Milan against Milan. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. I'm oh, pretty uh, bad. bad. Like, pretty, well, it's like, the thing is that, like, since uh, I'm not really, like, a, like, doing it from a fan perspective, I, like, like, Dortmund games I would remember, but it's probably the only team where I'm just like I have this kind of memory of a fan of like that experience, and the other ones are just like yeah I'd have to like look it up if I'm <laughs> doing something. But yeah, I'm usually like pretty bad at this kind of trivia. Well, um, firstly, I'm happy Alita are not facing a Bundesliga team this time around, or else that would have been certain knockout <laughs> given our bad record against them. And then secondly, uh, you are not that bad, okay? I think you have answered three out of five, which is the same as Jose Perez. And as compared to the worst, you are not even close to him. The worst did not even answer any of them, or even a single after all me numerous him. I'm sure you know of Kai. So that's yeah. not bad, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, well, Abel, um, uh, it's been great. It's been great um, having this conversation with you about Inter and all what we Aleti fans can expect tactically from them. and. It's true, most fans will not have a lot of positivity after listening to this, given the amount of praise which is deserved on Inter's part. Because, well, but 
as a single, okay, um, Maliti are basically at their best when they are cornered or when their backs are against the wall. So this basically may be a tie where Aliti are kind of like the underdogs in a certain sense, given their recent form and given in test form and what in test achieving at the moment. So thank you for coming on to the show. No problem. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, but before I yeah, but before I let you go, please, what's your score prediction for the game? Mm, I'll go with like Two nil Inter. Well, fair enough. And then we'll go through. Uh, Inter. Okay. I walk through this. <laughs> in the most time. Well, um, if you're listening up to this point, well, just thank you. Uh, and remember, Nunca de Hadecre, never stop believing. See you next time.